What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking out this uh, this series and this episode. If it's your first time here, I do hope you uh, you enjoy what you hear enough, maybe get inspired to hit that subscribe button. Uh, we put out three new interviews every single week, one Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It is a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. You can find us at iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you like to get your podcast from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with hit subscribe. Again, we'll bring you three every single week. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I'm going to be talking with LP. She's got a lot going on. In fact, there's a brand new single. It's called The One That You Love, and we're going to talk about that song, and especially why she went back to write with her uh, her partners on that. It's the same trio, including herself, that produced her uh, arguably biggest hit, Lost On You. And we'll get into uh, her melting pot of genres that kind of goes along with this brand new song. She released a live album this summer called Live in Moscow. It is an amazing testament of, uh, of everything that she can do vocally, musically, theatrically. In fact, there's uh, one of my favorite quotes in this interview where she says, I am a rock opera. 
Uh, she also covers Kings of Leon, Sex on Fire, and the Rolling Stones Paint It Black within the live album. We'll talk about covering both of those artists. And releasing a record live in Moscow in 2020 can't go unnoticed as a, not a political statement. Uh, it's Russia at a time when the U.S. and Russian relations are contentious. So I also want to bring that up. Now, outside of all of this, she's uh, she's done a handful of guest spots. One is with the pre Lincoln Park Band for Chester Bennington, the late Chester Bennington, called Grey Days. Uh, she's on their brand new record. She also uh, collaborated with Morrissey on his California Sons covers record. I'm going to ask about what both of those processes were like, having Celine Dion uh, record one of her songs recently, and what we can glean from a record that she says uh, might be out in March. Also, a quick note that you can uh, watch this interview that we recorded on uh, on YouTube. So let's get into it. It's Kyle Meredith with LP. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, really enjoying the new single. Let me tell you that first. I know there's uh, some fun little stories behind this one, too. That one involves you writing and recording this in Mexico and with the trio uh, as the press release will tell us, that's uh, uh, behind maybe one of your biggest hits so far with Lost on You. What makes that collaboration special? What makes that songwriting partnership something that you'd want to return to? Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like I, you know, I've, I've extensively collaborated with many different people. Um, you know, I've had like collaborations with people that have been hits that I've never worked with again or uh, never wanted to work with again or whatever, but I usually like, you know, I just think with this one, it feels like, you know, there's a lot of like, uh, just emotional closeness that we have as friends. And, and I think the songs we've written together really mean something to me and represent me properly. And I feel like these guys like really are allowing me to be myself, you know, and, 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 you know, and Mike also as a production partner, he's like, you know, he's a person that knows how to like, kind of bring out best in my voice in production and you know the songs and so you know i don't know i just think that like we're almost like a band it feels mm-hmm. like we're a band in our like third record or something like that you know and it feels just you know like the right the right move i mean there is something to say obviously as you're as you're pointing out here every writing partnership can be different and the ingredients and the product that comes out of that is obviously different i mean there's there's some kind of magic in partnerships right Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, one of my many heroes, like Keith Richards, is like, two people is the best for songwriting, you know, like, um, and, uh, you know, I think I I think I would agree with him. Like, I think that um, uh, I I like three as well, you know, but like, I definitely like, you know, two is great. You know, it's like this kind of, uh, it's just nice to be able to to bop shit off of other people. I think it really helps, even if it's not even if it's just like checking in with that person to like kind of formulate your, um, your direction. In a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like really, uh, to me, songwriting wise, very, um, the collaborative spirit is like inherent for me. Yeah. I'll echo that a little bit. I mean, I'm not knocking anybody here, but when I see that a song is written by seven to 10 different people, I always wonder like, <laughs> whose song is this what is this anymore like I, you know and that's some ignorance of me not knowing how that process works either but there's involved in that too you know I, I was involved like you know I won't name the song that it happened on because it's a known song but like you know I had a song that was like the the manager of one of the writers was on the on the list of writers on the first printing of the record and I was like all right cool <laughs> I saw him there you know so 
it's just wild what can happen, you know? Um, I don't know, you know, it's like, I'm always like, I try to be like, you know, I, I don't ever like split hairs as far as who wrote what, you know, whoever's in the room, you know, I, I believe is like part of what's the, uh, what the deal is, you know, to it, to an extent, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, like, I mean, this, there's just like, but I think sometimes you can't underestimate the vibe of like a person in a room, even if they've only like kind of guided a couple of things that you like places you went or like a word here or there, you know, sometimes that's like, just like a good, like it's a, it's a good energy in the room. And it's like, and songs are energy, you know, it's like, like even the biggest songwriters in the world don't just shit out hits, you know, over and over again. It's like a real, I think a spiritual crap in a way, you know, and like I say, like if, you know, God is in the room or whatever, it's like, it's, it makes a big difference. Yeah, you do your craft well. And and I'll, I'll bring it back to this new song with the one that you love too, because, you know, you've talked about in a previous interview that, you know, this was something that you allowed to conjure all the genres that you love. And, and I think you've talked about it before too, about how, you know, you can be seen as writing in the pop world when you're really a rock, you know, a rock musician at, at a heart, you know, talking about Keith Richards, obviously, that, that I think that goes in there. So going into this song, I guess, we'll ask specifically about this one too. Like, how much do you have to consider all of that as you're writing the song? Like, you do want it to represent these different worlds, but it still needs to be, you know, with that rawness in it. I don't know. I think, you know, I've gotten to the state, the place for myself where I, I truly feel like I've blurred the genres enough with my own um, career and my own persona that I don't feel beholden to anybody for one or like I don't like because I'm not but I don't feel like I have to worry about like staying in my lane you know so I just I just let it rip and let let the chips fall where they may you know like I just feel and it's very freeing it's nice because I feel like I have um you know I have a little bit of uh everything I got like this like kind of melting pot of like all these genres in my in my sound and then I just kind of go where my heart goes which is nice you know and it took it took a minute to get there I mean even like you know my first like three major label deals were like a bit of a wash because I couldn't understand that I couldn't even understand you know they wanted a clear direction you know I think a lot of people are like blurring genre lines these days too it's like it's like less rigid and it's it's nice because it's really you know it's about a song I mean you know, why do you need to like stick to any kind of genre anyway? Because they don't, you know, um, it's just like, I think that because like, you know, if you're like a voice, you know, like, um, it, uh, I mean, you've heard it, everybody's heard it. Like if you've got like, um, like a certain singer, like sometimes every song starts to sound the same just because it's that singer and then they're staying in their, hmm. their, what they, what they normally do. And, um, you know, they don't need to because, uh, you know, I know like, you know, like the guy from Journey, you know, it's like, fucking no, that's a Journey song, God damn it, you know, it's like, a lot more people are kind of straying off their, you know, whatever, the path of like having to stick to something because, you know, it's dictated by record labels or whatever it is, you know, I think that, you know, songs are ultimately the ultimate currency in whatever, and I think a great song will not be stopped by the fact that it's colors outside the lines of songs self-dedicated or, or uh, industry-dedicated genre sound. I mean, it used to be, 
you know, genre was tied in as much as the T-shirt that we were wearing, you know, as identification or something like that. And I know the, seems like yeah. if we look back on history, the shuffle button really kind of changed the game on that. And, and thank yeah. goodness that it did, you know. I'll bring up the live album because you can really get a sense of that in, in live in Moscow. Like if you ever had a doubt of, of who you were, like this is a perfect representation. And it's not easy to make a live album that connects in a way. And I, I think every artist wants that. I mean, half the time you hear people talk about they want to make their studio albums more like they are live, but the live album comes out and it does it. This is an amazing record. I mean, just, it's one of those things, like the first time I hear it, it's like, oh my God, you know, this is what's going on here. Oh, so, you know, that, that, that's got to be a part of it too, because it almost sounds like this is like a rock opera in a way. Was it designed like that? That, I mean, um, it wasn't designed like that. I am designed like that. I am a, I am a rock opera. In, like, I mean, no question about it. That's how I write. That's how, you know, but, you know, it's just like, I don't like, I, I don't necessarily like advertise that because I don't feel like I have to, for one. I, but I do think that when you see my live show, that's what you get, you know, like I'm like a rock artist, really, but in this kind of like alternative ish pop ish kind of like operatic bend to the vocal ish thing and um oh yeah my um my lady says it's because i know how to write good music yeah. <laughs> thank you from green out gallery so it becomes I, I, pop because it gets popular yeah. see uh i'm gonna just hand it over to her in two seconds. <laughs> um but yeah i think that you know it's um it it that's uh the, the nature of how i sing must dictate that but it's also there's like a big you know anthemic bend to like a lot of the songs mm -hmm. but when you're putting together this set specifically though i mean it sounds like there was more thought than that went into it than just here's my songs i mean this thing does play yeah. like a big oh, yeah. thank you i mean well you know we put that together uh with a uh, musical director uh stacy jones who's a, a great musical director and um you know that's the thing it's like do you have a uh when you build a show that's another thing that I think also has starts to seep into your sound, you know, because it's like you start getting bigger. And then I remember like, you know, before I put out Heart to Mouth, but, you know, there was a Lost in You record. And, um, and I just remember thinking like during some of the bigger, I mean, everything was kind of like there wasn't a lot of ballads on that record. But I'm always curious when an artist goes off into doing more ballads when they've been like kind of like a rock act, you know. I felt quite the opposite. I felt like this responsibility to like, keep this kind of like the embers, like, you know, and the, and the fuel going. And, uh, and that's like, I think heart to mouth, like we were a lot of like bigger songs, you know, in order to keep that going. And even like I'm working on a record right now and I feel the same way. There's like, I don't really believe in writing songs for a live capacity, you know, because I, that, I don't know. I think I, I feel like I was taught that a long time ago, whether it's right or not, but like, it seemed like, that was a good way to be like kind of like in a bar band sorry to say that but like you know it's like like you need to write songs that are like crafted to be a great song on stage and off but i think that like but there is a responsibility to me to uh, to build a show it's like a performance it's like you know i am going to write a rock opera at some point you know i just feel like right now i'm dealing with what i what's in front of me. 
I'm, I'm, I was hoping you would do that at some point. I just, I was going to ask anyway, but you know, and, and I'm not contradicting you here and anything, but you do find a couple of moments to slip in a few of those bar band tricks. And I, I mean that in the, oh, uh, in yeah. the covers, you know, like sex on fire is on here, painted black. Now painted black, that made sense to me a lot, especially given what that song, the, the song that you're coming out of. And it sounded like, because that made sense, sex on fire. I hadn't looked at the track list. So that was a real surprise to me. <laughs> what was the thought that went into that? You know, we were just like, I was trying to draw some parallels um, of as far as like, you know, of the whole thing, of that it's a rock show, ultimately, you know, like that, that's the thing. That's what I was talking to this um, director, the musical director about, but I just felt like I, I was explaining that to him and, he, and we were like, well, why don't we try to, because I've always wanted to do covers, but I figured it was nice to work in snippets of covers, you know, just to get people, you know, I, even, I remember, um, you know, we we worked in a Lauren Hill song instead of the uh, of that song at one point, X Factor or whatever. And it was interesting because it was like it wasn't it wasn't it didn't go over as well in in Europe because uh, I I don't feel like like people were getting that song as much, you know. So, Sex on Fire, I don't know. It just you know I think I've always wanted to like work in uh, a couple of covers, and then you know you get into that one and it kind of kind of it just kind of stuck. It's like a nice um, palate cleanser. It's just like um, just having fun with it, man. You know. I think yeah. up black, you know, I'm a huge Stones fan for sure. And so that's always, um, and it's also so universal. Like nobody doesn't know that song. Right. No, they were perfect moments. And it's, it is that moment where it just kind of builds in a different way. Um, I mean, I can keep throwing the compliments on this record. I love this record. I really, really do. Oh, I feel like the, the other person that had the, that, this strong reaction was my manager, and, and uh, <laughs> which I'm sure you guys will get along. But yeah, <laughs> it was really like, uh, you know, it was really, I mean, I always wanted to do it, but I didn't, you know, I mean, I didn't picture this year in a lot of ways, but I didn't picture doing it this year, but it was a good idea. Yeah. I, I don't want to pass up the opportunity here to talk about some bigger picture stuff too, because obviously, you know, you've got a very big audience in Moscow as, as you show right here, but there's also the side of things. You're releasing a live album, a Russian, you know, set live album in 2020 when that's a big political thing. Do you consider the political statement that goes along with that? You know what? I honestly don't because I, I feel like it's, you know, what I'm, what I was trying to convey, especially with like releasing a, a Moscow record is that, you know, music goes down all over the world, man. You know, it's like, and, and people appreciate music all over the world. And um, I mean, you know, when I first started like doing well um, in Russia, people were like, really? you you're doing well in Russia. like you everyone's cool with you in russia i was like yeah i think they are you know so i stick to the music you know mm -hmm. i stick to people i care about people um and music and i you know and i i do care about politics of course but um i do believe that you know when i look at my own country and i look at like all the good people in it and i look at what like and and i and i'm aware of what's going on and then I see all the other sides of people that I don't care for and, and, you know, and who's in charge and stuff. I can separate it, you know, I can separate people that I relate to that um, have, uh, you know, that we are just enjoying music together, even if they're not like-minded when they leave the, the venue, you know, it's, it's just like something that I choose to kind of cultivate and believe in that, like, that we are all kind of, we can all connect on a certain level, even if we don't connect on other levels, and maybe we do as well connect mm -hmm. on those levels, but it's like not something that I'm 
personally willing to uh, delineate as far as music goes. Like I feel like that's what culture, that's what art is about, is uh, another tier of connection for us when we are, you know, often just absolutely like, you know, separated by our our leaders and, you know, also sometimes by our personal beliefs. But I think that I'm trying always to um, find a way out the window with music toward, you know, the goodness in myself and others. So to me, it's like a perfectly great and timely thing to do as far as like just to remember that, you know, someone like me can like get 6,000 people in a room to listen to my music, even in the current, you know, state of the world. And, and I can get even more in the room. You know, I could have done that a couple of nights, you know, and it's, it's mind blowing to me. And it's, uh, I think it's inspiring to me and to, I hope other people, you know, and there's people wanting um, experiences in other countries that are not something that they get to see all the time. I, I was particularly happy uh, that it was that, uh, not that I have anything for against, but it was just that opportunity to show a lot of what you're saying too. I mean, my thought is, you know, people do care about people. Um, most people of the world don't let their government speak for them anyway. They just want to live their life and everything. And I think that gets yeah. lost in the big conversation, yeah. you know, so. And, and we talk about that all the time. I mean, I, I think we like don't, uh, you know, I mean, again, I was struck when I first started going to Russia, I was like, oh, wow, everyone's cool here and sweet, you know, like, I mean, you know, obviously not. It's like, but I, but I was encountering a lot of very good vibes and everything and, and just people wanting to loving the music and having nothing else to say about it. Well, it is a beautiful, beautiful testament, the entire package right there. Uh, I do want to quickly hit on a few of the other things that you've had kind of uh, seep out in the last, uh, over the last year. Uh, first off, uh, you're part of Grey Days, which is the pre-Lincoln Park, Chester Bennington. You're on the song called Amends. How did you, uh, how did you end up getting a part of the, w with that group of people? Well, I didn't know, but um, I guess Chester um, loved Lost in You, listened to Lost in You, loved um, my voice and was like telling people about it. And then, you know, those guys wanted to put out that a record uh, of their that stuff, and and they were looking into duets, and I think they just were like, you know, I bet Chester would be kind of stoked to have LP on on the track because he was like really into her stuff and whatever, and so he reached out, and I was just like, it, it was it was kind of wild to like, you know, to hear. I had no idea that he even knew I was alive, but alone like my music, so it was it was you know pretty cool for me too and, and singing with him uh you know posthumously was just something that was like very wild and and his voice is so like I already thought he had a great voice and appreciated it but like after I sang with him I was really like wow this guy's voice was really really special what an interesting powerful moments you know and and that yeah. you had to be a part of uh, the the other one you were on uh, morrissey's cover album uh with california sun what was it like working with uh with moss well i mean the best part was really just like hanging out with him you know i feel like uh i don't feel like i was necessarily like you know it was supposed to be a duet i don't didn't feel like it was that much of a duet even though i don't think it was because of morrissey i know it wasn't i think it was because of uh the producer who you know but that's another story that I won't get into. Um, but yeah, uh, Morrissey, uh, what a, I mean, what a legend, you know, and like, and, you know, I don't want to hear about like the political part, like, you know, like we connected on music and about like art and, um, and we, you know, I just like, 
you know, got to like kind of drink with this guy who's like a badass. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, and like just like talk music with him. I mean, I really listened because he's just like a kind of like an audiophile kind of guy, you know, and he's just like, you know, um, he was playing my video in between like Bowie and the Ramones, like at the beginning of his shows when he was on tour. And uh, that I was just like, wow, holy crap, you know. I was very like, you know, uh, chuffed about that, I guess, <laughs> you know, yeah. as they said. Uh, but yeah, but he's just like, you know, he's an insane poet, uh, an insane writer. And uh, I was just, you know, honored to be on the record with him just on an artistic level. And um, I just getting to like, kind of like, you know, bask in his uh, intellect for a few days was, you know, quite a, quite a treat. I've got this, um, there's this interest I have. I mean, I'm, I'm a very big, I mean, Morrissey music fan, Smiths, etc. What you alluded to, the, the political side of it, is very contradictory to the company he keeps. And I notice that a lot. A lot of the people that, you know, he's close with, that he's friends with, that he collaborates with. And it's confusing, you know, like it's confusing as you make your way in this business, you know, uh, with things like that, you know. And again, I'm I'm not, I'm not of the school of like head in the sand, but I am a live and let live kind of person, you know? And, um, you know, I think in this day and age, um, you can blame no one for anything at this point. I mean, you know, if you have your own side, but like, it's just like, I, I didn't walk in his shoes. I don't know what his deal is. So, yeah. but I, I really, um, you know, I, I've always liked his work and, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. It's funny because when he asked me to do uh, It's Over, I, he, he didn't know that I'd already done a version of it uh, for myself. So I was just like, hell yeah, I love that song, you know? It's like, it's a great song. And, you know, I'll use that word that we did earlier, and I'm not the first one to bestow it upon you, but when you think about operatic voices, I mean, you couldn't have chosen two more perfect you know, artists right there. I mean, the two of you all just, I, you know, if, the, if there was a way to battle it out, I, I would pay money to see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I'll, I'll just quickly point out, I know last year, um, Celine Dion, you wrote to change my mind, uh, yeah. Celine's latest record. And, and again, yeah. that's got to just go back to like, what a dream of a career. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool. It's like, you know, like um, everybody's sending me all this because, you know, she kept talking of, about me on uh, TV and I thought I was like, I was like, oh wow, you know, and I mean, you know, I've always been an admirer of her voice for sure. I wish I would have uh, known she was going to choose a song um, because I, I really would have like kind of written one for her more because that, that, that song, I, although I do like that song, I feel like I, I feel like we could have we wrote a better one together, but, um, but yeah, man, she nailed it and, uh, and she's just like, I don't know. I don't know her, but she seems so freaking nice. Mm, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, I like how you just slipped that out in the universe that you still could. You could write another one for her specifically. Yeah, I could, I could and I would. I yeah. think I should. I <laughs> uh, you, do, you did mention at the beginning of the interview that you're working on the new record. We have the first single. Well, first thing, we have a single, the one that you love, uh, which I am assuming is part of these sessions and everything. What yeah. can we expect? I mean, what, what, what can you say so far about, uh, about this next record? Yeah, I mean, I think this song, you know, I'm still, I'm still working on kind of making it like sound um, different or like a little bit like, like the acoustic version because it's a belter. I'm used to like, you know, you can feel, you can see me kind of like straining to restrain myself in this acoustic version, you know, so I'm still learning how to sing it uh, acoustically in a way. But, um, but I do, um, you know, this song, 
kind of got inspired when we were in Mexico recently, like writing. We wrote like eight songs there for um, for the record, but it's uh, <laughs> like we were like at a restaurant across the street from where we we're like um, recording, and it was just like we, this guy was um, singing ranchero music, you know, mm-hmm. like he had, he had the little nudie suit on, the little guitar, and, and the hat and everything. He just like I'm probably like I'm still like you know honoring him, but he just like he was so cool and had all this um passion so when we went back over to record uh to write we just like kind of i think carried his spirit with us a little bit you know and uh and that song kind of popped out and it, it just you know it felt it felt good at the time i've been feeling very creative for a while now so um just kind of just kept kept it moving well, I, I look forward to what else came out of these sessions and everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we're all looking maybe a 2021 release on a new record. I mean, I think that's the optimistic yeah. view. We're looking at like March. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but I think we'll probably release another single uh, possibly before the end of the year, but I'm not sure um, as far as like, you know, because things are doing well with this song right now. So we'll see, but um, there'll be more out ASAP. Awesome. I can't wait for it. In the meantime, LP, thank you so much. Congratulations on this song, especially congratulations from Live in Moscow. I'm going to go listen to it again. Yeah, I'm so excited to like it. It makes me happy. Definitely. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. All right. Take care of yourself out there. Cool. You too. My thanks to LP. Again, the brand new live album is called Live in Moscow and the latest single, The One That You Love. Thanks to you as well for checking out this episode. Before you get out, please, please do hit that subscribe button iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you like to get yours. Just type in Kyle Meredith with it. Subscribe. We'll bring you a brand new interview every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, I'm Jen and I love horror movies. I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside and I also love horror movies. And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies. That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin. <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. Yes. I'm not, no other reasons at all. <laughs> you None at all. Whatever. So every-, <laughs> every week we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack Frosts. <laughs> and then we make fun of it more or less. Or explain its deceptive feminism yeah exactly that's what i do that's my thing (laughs) (laughs) and i'm the funny one (laughs) our episodes drop on monday so check us out it's easy to hear your favorite artist on wfpk from wherever you are listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at wfpk.org from louisville public media when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.